our tool allows you to interact with companies and to actually tell companies, look, if you want to send me some content, I might want to receive that, but do it under, under my terms. So if a company wants to connect to you, you can select which pieces of data that they can receive. And I'll give you an example. If you want to register for an online newspaper, you only allow that online newspaper to see your email address and, for example, not your physical address because they don't have to send any physical products to you. And you can also decide which is the cadence of your relationship. So how frequent can they actually send you messages and what specific things are you interested about? And then the ultimate, uh, like the last step is if a company then sends you paid content, so if they start advertising about new products and services, 50% of the ad budget that these companies pay is shared with the customer. Welcome to the Carano Source Podcast. I'm your host, Blaine Edwards, and on this weekly podcast, I catch up with a range of Cardano innovators, thought leaders, and changemakers who are using Cardano to make an impact within the world of cryptocurrency and beyond. As Charles Hoskinson puts it, we are Cardano, and if you permit us, we'd like to change the world. If that sounds like you, then make sure to subscribe, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Blaine Edwards, and today we are joined by Mihil Van Rui, co-founder of Profiler, a zero-knowledge advertising platform built to benefit both people and brands, which is completely private and surveillance-free. So, Mihil, cheers for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's nice to be here. Uh, maybe yeah. a short introduction about myself. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm uh, Belgian. I'm a, a Dutch-speaking Belgian. I'm living in Brussels. I've been married since two years, expecting a boy in February. So uh, very excited about that. And um, as to my profession, I'm a technology and privacy lawyer, and I'm the co-founder of Profile, the Swiss company that you just introduced. Awesome. Well, firstly, congratulations on the the kid that's around the corner. It's exciting times for you. Yeah, very exciting. I know, I know. <laughs> so Profiler, so you're the co-founder of uh, Profiler. Can you maybe speak a bit about uh, what that is? Yeah, so Profiler is a Swiss company that we uh, that Sean and I co-founded in 2017. Um, and we are on a mission to give people back control over their personal information. Uh, but Profiler is also the name of the platform that we built which is a consumer app, so an app for people, and then let's say a web interface for companies, which we call a brand dashboard. And then, so there's also something that's called my profile or your profile, which is a, let's say a set of data that you build up yourself about you, about what you like, about products and services that you like, which includes all of your personal information in a secure way to which you only hold the key. Okay, gotcha. So it's a, it's a platform. And in terms of the the problems that you're solving, I imagine you know anyone that's even uh, created a Facebook account or exploring social media, you know this this tends to be a few issues around privacy and and data being used, shared without your permission or what, without you knowing. Um, maybe expand a bit on on the problems that exist in the world that you're trying to solve through Profiler. Yeah, so like, everybody knows this. The more that you use apps and websites, the more that your personal data actually grows. Uh, so you leave a digital footprint, which means that every time you watch a video, every time you like social media posts, 
you fill out a newsletter form or you buy products and services online, you actually consent to um, to um, the sharing of your personal data with a lot of companies. And I don't know if everybody already tried this, but just go to a cookie policy and click on the word partners. There you'll see between 10 or 100 or even more companies that at that point in time know who you are and what you're doing on that website. And so the problem is that these companies now have your data and they, at their own discretion, decide whether or not to send you something, what to send you, which channel to use, how frequently to send you something. And there's no way for you as a customer to be part of that. So it's very one direction street. Um, you're just a recipient of all of this content. And that's what we're actually solving. We're building this tool to let you tell companies what you want to receive and what you like and who you are. Mm -hmm. So let's just uh, dive a bit into that. So the the data aspect. So occasionally here, you know, the phrase data is oil. Um, how, what, how can people, companies tap into that data and then like monetize it? Like what are, why do they want our data from like a company point of view, these, these different but, companies out there? But we don't say that companies are like these bad entities that are trying to collect all of your data, but what a company ultimately wants to do is they want to send you the, uh, a product or a service that you buy. So they're looking for people that are their ex ideal target audience so that they can send the right product at the right time. But today, how the model works is that via third-party cookies and via an ethical data collection, these companies just collect as much data about you as possible. And that's combined with all of the data they have from your purchase history and everything, just gives them, let's say, an indication of who you are. And then they try to target you as much as possible so that you convert and that you buy something. And we think this model is a bit flawed. Apart from the fact that it's full of privacy uh, infractions, it's also not very accurate. The data they have is often inaccurate. It's often from years ago. It's often just uh, not contextual. And our platform actually allows you to give correct data to a company. So what we say to companies is if you really want to know your customers or your potential customers, just ask them what they like. Ask them how they want to be communicated to and and, and then actually, actually follow through and actually only send them content when they ask to receive content. And that's mm -hmm. not at all how it works now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the idea around being um, targeted with your data isn't necessarily... Uh, you know, a bad thing. I think there's probably a bit of stigma around that. But for example, if if I really like X, Y, and Z, and I want to see services, products, ideas, content from that particular source, um, I'd like to receive new information related to that. So there is actually a lot of value from a consumer point of view and also a brand point of view through that exchange of information. But the issue is at the moment, it's um, maybe you know, the consumer is not wanting to share that or there's these privacy issues or there's 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 these issues that exist in the current system. But the idea of exchanging this information in a way that is consensual, um, that's actually potentially a good thing for both both parties. Um, so maybe that probably leads to the next question of what's your solution to this? So there's a lot of issues yeah. that exist in the, the current system. Uh, what are your solutions to try and tackle this you know, pretty big issue at the moment, to be honest. Yeah, it's a pretty ambitious issue to tackle, that's for sure. People often say that. Um, so what we've built now is a consumer app, 
which is, uh, let's say, a consumer-focused and a consumer-centric data marketing and customer engagement platform, which you as a consumer build up and which you as a consumer control. So it's like a pretty bizarre concept because customer engagement and marketing platforms are normally like B2B uh, platforms. But so this, we actually build a tool that allows you to build up the most accurate data about yourself. You as an individual just um, play our game fight quizzes, define what you like about travel, define what you like about food, about fashion. And this one source of accurate data is then uh, just managed by you. And uh, our tool allows you to interact with companies and to actually tell companies, look, if you want to send me some content, I might want to receive that, but do it under, under my terms. So if a company wants to connect to you, you can select which pieces of data that they can receive. And I'll give you an example. If you want to register for an online newspaper, you only allow that online newspaper to see your email address. And for example, not your physical address because they don't have to send any physical products to you. And you can also decide which is the cadence of your relationship. So how frequent can they actually send you messages and what specific things are you interested about? Let's say I want to receive one time a week messages about economy and sports, but I don't need to receive anything from foreign policy because I'm not interested in that. And then the ultimate, uh, like the last step is if a company then sends you paid content, so if they start advertising about new products and services, 50% of the ad budget that these companies pay is shared with the customer. So you as an individual will be able to declutter all of the information that comes your way. And if you get information which you consented to receive, you get half of the budget that these companies pay. That's okay. the platform we have today. And so that platform, if let's say you allow this company to use your data for these particular use cases, does that advertising occur within your platform or can that happen outside of that as well? Yeah, so yeah, um, again, customer choice. So we give okay. you the, the, the opportunity to say, okay, from Nike, for example, I want to receive all of the paid content in Profala, but from my local, uh, let's say, NGO that I support, they can send me paper documentation in my mailbox. You are, this allows you to be very granular for each, each relationship, let's say, you decide the terms of the, of the, the content that comes to you. But so now in first, instance it's maybe more incentivized to use profile because you get half of the money that these brands pay but uh, we're also building uh, technology that allows you to integrate with browser plugins and sdks in other apps so that your decisions in profile also get enforced in other um, uh, on other locations on the internet mm -hmm. does the platform kind of work like a like a, a data market place is that kind of how it's um like in terms of the usability of it, i'm just trying to imagine me hopping on the platform is it like a matter of me hopping on the platform and then it's like a marketplace where i can submit things that i could sell to brands um and then the brands can hop on the platform and kind of filter through different data that they'd like to use and purchase um or is there that plus like i, I almost see this as like as like has some social component to it. Um, maybe just, yeah, is it like clarify a marketplace? Bit, yeah. yeah, yeah, just clarify that. Particular so um, uh, important to remember, like this app is all about you. 
So uh, it's not very so it's not social in that you connect to your friends at this point. It's just all about you. When you come into this app and you see the feed, all of that content in the feed is because you connected to certain companies that you like or to certain industry categories. Let's say you're a triathlon runner and you connect to a category of like triathlon uh, equipment or triathlon providers, and you can see uh, uh, information about that. But um, so it's not social at this point. All the content mm. you receive is just specifically for you. Gotcha. Uh, and in terms of marketplace, yes and no. Don't see it as a place where companies buy data. It's like a word we consider very bad. We allow you, we allow a company to access your data, to pay you to access it for a limited time and for a limited purpose. But so um, when a company comes on the platform, for example, let's say we have a Swiss company that wants to come to Belgium, sell sport watches to triathlon runners. They could filter, okay, all the, all the, let's say all the guys in Belgium between 25 and 40 that in their category preference indicates they love sports and outdoors. They're like healthy in terms of food and they have the budget to buy this kind of watch. At that point, the company doesn't know anything about you. They just know numbers. Okay. There's 11,000 of those. And now that company can send an offer to 11,000 people. These 11,000 relevant and super personalized people can look at that ad. At that point, again, that company still has no personal information about you. And if you like the content and if you want to interact with that company, you can accept it, you get paid for it. And only at that point, do they know a bit of information about you? But if you see all of these ads that are relevant for you and you don't accept to open up your profile, you just see relevant content completely anonymized. That's the complete opposite of the internet now. Now you click on an ad or you see an ad, they know you did it. Even if you didn't buy the shoes or you did buy the shoes, they'll keep on sending you the same ad for weeks to come just because that information that Blaine was on that website of Nike is out there and is shared with so many people. Interesting, interesting. And I just wanna say zero knowledge advertising platform. Is that yeah. zero knowledge related to the zero knowledge proofs concept? Yeah, so the, the name zero knowledge advertising is something that we created with the University of Madrid. We have a research partnership with the Carlos III University of Madrid's Big Data Institute. And we just uh, finished the paper, which is called Zero Knowledge Advertising, a new era of privacy preserving ad stick solutions. So that's a long introduction to say that we're finding a solution to third party cookies. So zero knowledge advertising is, a, is our uh, answer to third party cookies, which allows brands to send highly personalized ads to the ideal target customer without there being any exchange of information. Gotcha. So a brand doesn't know that you saw it um, until you click on it, go to their website, check out, and they have to send you the shoes. But that means you can browse interesting content without being known full anonymity. Yeah, so it's this ability to share particular information without conveying other information that you don't like. So, so zero knowledge proof in a nutshell, and correct me if I'm wrong, is the idea of verifying that something is true without you sharing additional information that isn't kind of relevant to that particular thing that you're sharing. Correct, correct. The, the, the textbook example that I give to explain zero knowledge proofs is today, if you go to a bar, they need to know you're 18 plus or like 21 plus in the States. Um, and so what do you do? You show the bouncer your ID card, and there he sees your picture, personal data. He sees your date of birth. He sees your address. He sees your your, <laughs> your nationality. He sees all of this information that he doesn't need. Yeah, which are, the only thing, that bouncer, <laughs> only thing that bouncer needs is he needs to know that you're 18 plus. So in zero knowledge proofs, let's say that we put a, a trusted party in the middle. 
you show your ID card to that trusted party. The trusted party says, yes, you're plus 18. The trusted party turns around and says to the bouncer, I validate that this individual is plus 18. That's it. The bouncer knows what he needs to know and you didn't share your personal information. That's a bit mm. of concept. Mm. Yeah, I need to dive in and, and learn a bit more about that because it's such a fascinating idea. It's almost like magic in a way, you know, this ability to prove something without actually knowing the full story around it is, is kind of a, a crazy idea and a, a powerful idea. Um, this also seems to me to has the potential to link into a Tyler prism, like identity systems. Is there a way that you're tying into that framework? Ah, uh, Jim, yeah, it's a very interesting question. So yes, definitely. Um, we just we were just funded by the Cardano community via uh, their decentralized venture capital fund, which is called Project Catalyst, to integrate Atala Prison into our app. So Atala Prison, for those who don't know, is a decentralized ID solution that is um, part of the technology stack of Cardano. And um, that will allow us to validate that this individual is who he says he is. That will allow document verification. Uh, it's, it's many possibilities. And um, so, yeah, we just received funding to integrate that. We're working with uh, IOHK to uh, see how that works. Okay, awesome. So you're obviously um, integrating with Cardano. You're, you're involved with Project Catalyst and, and all that sort of stuff. What's your reasoning behind I guess building or building on Cardano. What's the the, the logic there? Um, yeah, so maybe uh, like one sentence on Cardano itself. For those who don't know, uh, Cardano is um, an open source and public blockchain platform, which is part of the third generation platforms. Um, in short, it's more scalable and more sustainable than the first and the second generation platforms. And uh, so, yeah, most people know that it's built by Charles Huskinson, who is also the co-founder of. Uh, uh, Ethereum, one of the rock stars of the of the space, let's say, uh, one of the most influential people of the space. And a profile, uh, me and Sean, the co-founders, actually had the opportunity to meet him last month in, in Cape Town and present oh, to nice. him profile, uh, our Catalyst projects, our, our token. Uh, so we, we saw him in the leadership team. That was super exciting. Um, and maybe just to clarify, profile is not... It's not an app that is completely decentralized built on Cardano. It's a centralized app for now with a roadmap to become completely decentralized. But today there's crucial functionalities inside of our application that we're linking with the Cardano blockchain. And um, just to give you an idea, every time a piece of data moves, every time you, you access, let a company access a piece of data, every time you, tell a, you give an instruction to a company on how they can use it or how they cannot use it, we uh, log this information on the Cardano blockchain, not the personal data itself. So we hash or we encrypt your name, the, the piece of data that was shared, the instruction that you gave on how to use it, the company that you shared it with, and then a timestamp. And so this means that you have an immutable proof of your instructions of, of your data with a specific company. So if you share, if Nike asks your email address for three months for a winter campaign, if after these three months, they start sending you a lot of content about other products and services, you can go back to that ledger entry and say, look, 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 sorry, I only shared this for these purposes. And this is immutable. This is not profile I'm maintaining the entry. It's it's me as an individual who put it there and who can access it. Um, so that's a bit that's a bit uh, the decentralized application, the uh, functionalities that we have now. Now, why did we choose to do it on Cardano? Like for a number of reasons, but like maybe the three most important ones. 
Uh, first, the community. I love the community. I love Project Catalyst. Uh, yeah. so, so many people are there contributing. Uh, they're competing for the same money. There's a billion dollars available, but they're helping each other, commenting on each other's projects. Uh, so it's super nice for myself to be part of that community and engage. Um, so I think that's very unique about Cardano. And then from a technical point of view, um, they're, they're faster than many blockchains. So the amount of transactions per second that you can do go, almost goes to a thousand. And in the future, there's a way to go to a million transactions per second. And it's less expensive than to, than to transact on the, on the Ethereum blockchain. And if you know that in our platform, there will be so many different, there will be high volume and low value transactions. This blockchain is way more appropriate for us than, mm. uh, than any, of the, any of the other ones. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, definitely want to second the uh, community part as well. The, the community is pretty pretty special on Cardano. Obviously a bit biased and obviously part of the community. So obviously I'd like to say it's awesome if I'm part of it, but um, it does seem to be a bit different to other communities I've been part of. There's this idea of like helping each other out. Like we're all building something new and it's not, um, you know, the whole rising sea lifts all boats kind of idea. Um, exactly. I really like that about this blockchain. Um, okay, so the profile of roadmap, can you paint a bit of a picture around what that looks like? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so uh, uh, this would be a question that is best answered by our chief product officer, Luke, who is the who is the visionary of the team. I'll give a go. So first, we have our, our app and our brand platform. This is functioning today. We, this is being tested with a couple of brands. Um, uh, so that is there. And then on the roadmap itself, we have, of course, all of our Cardano technology integration. So we now are funded for four projects, uh, of which Atala Prism was one of them. Um, so this is very important for us. Uh, we have a, NFT, a very cool NFT use case. Uh, we have like data sharing use cases. So that's uh, our team is working hard on these different projects. Um, then on the roadmap is, of course, our zero-knowledge advertising advertising solution. So the research paper is now ready and we're working with IOHK to see how we can integrate their existing technology to make this, let's say, decentralized and anonymous ad tech delivery system possible. And then, um, uh, yeah, also an important one of in our roadmap is now our zero knowledge token. So we made our own Cardano native token. It was minted on the 22nd of November. Uh, half a billion of them. And they, these tokens will be used to, let's say, kickstart network to reward people to take certain actions in the app, um, as a, as a means to do high value, uh, low value, high volume payouts. Um, and so it will function in the application in many different ways. Okay. So there is a token. Is, is that available to purchase by the public? Are, are there token sale rounds coming up? Yeah, so we're currently in our we're currently in our private round. So this will probably be uh, ending by the end of January, um, and our public round is foreseen in Q1. So between the end of January and let's say March 2022, gotcha, um, gotcha, will be available. Yeah, awesome. And so this this is a an idea of the roadmap. How how about the team that is um, planning to build this out? Yeah. So who are we? Um, so. Profile started at the end of 2017 when I was working for the European Center for Nuclear Research or, or CERN in Geneva. 
Um, I, I, I looked on, uh, on AngelList and I found an, an announcement by my now co-founder, Sean, who was looking for a privacy lawyer and somebody with crypto experience. And I thought, oh, fun. Let's hear it out. So that we started then with the two of us and we were quickly joined by Luke Bragg, an American also living in Switzerland. Uh, and the three of us are a bit considered the co-founders. And but now we're almost with a team of 25 people. So we quickly grew. Um, We've now 10 people that are in the operational team day in, day out. Uh, we have five developers and they're from 10 different nationalities. So it's a very uh, multicultural team. Um, then we have five developers working full time uh, on our Cardano integration and our app development. Uh, we have uh, uh, salespeople contracted. Uh, we have five advisors that are uh, very crucial in our growth. Uh, we just uh, hired five more community managers. So uh, the team is growing uh, month per month. Awesome. Team of 25 at the moment, did you say? Yeah, so not every not everybody is full time. Eh? Let's see, yeah, yeah. the advisors they have their own uh, jobs, uh, yeah. and they're they're crucial with their knowledge and network. Uh, but community managers, the the full time ten in the team, the five developers, they're all full time. Interesting, cool. That's awesome. Um, for the people that are listening, speaking of the community, for the Cardano community out there, obviously a lot of them like what you guys are doing because of. I voted for a couple of your catalyst proposals already, which is pretty Thanks awesome. Thanks for that. Yeah, shout out to you guys. Um, how else can people support and connect uh, with Profiler? Um, oh yeah, multiple ways. Uh, if you want to know more about Profiler, you can of course go to the to the website, which is profiler.com. If you want to know more about our token uh, use case and sale dates, that's uh, on our token sale website, which is ico.profiler.com. Uh, we of course, Put a lot of information out there on social media, LinkedIn, Twitter, Discord, Telegram, all of these links you can find on the website. Uh, of course, we have another proposal in Fund7 um, oh, yeah. uh, under DApps and Integration. So if you want to vote for that or give us kudos, uh, that's much appreciated. And uh, if you just want to chat with me, uh, Michiel at Profala.com, I'm almost always available and happy to talk uh, Cardano or Profala. Awesome. These are, so you've got a, a fun seven uh, proposal out at the moment. So we'll uh, yes. include that link plus your socials and, and everything else uh, underneath and people can connect with you guys there. Uh, it sounds Thank like, you. it sounds like, um, like a much needed uh, application, uh, a much needed platform because, you know, the social media thing, um, it just seems like there's ways to improve upon that existing model when it comes to social media data and advertising that whole relationship. And like we kind of touched on earlier, it's a massive problem, um, which also presents a massive opportunity if you if you put your hand up to try and address a lot of those issues. So an, an exciting thing to be a part of uh, from you guys as the team building it out, but also like the community um, jumping in and supporting you guys from the, you know, the earlier days. Um, yeah, super exciting. Um, yeah, it's a, it, it's a, it's a $900 billion industry, the advertising industry. So that's uh, now only Facebook and Google are on it. So in that way, um, there's a big opportunity for us as a company. And uh, from a pers per personal point of view, let's say, I don't like Facebook and Instagram and all these platforms anymore because I used to go to Facebook to, to see friends and to Instagram to, let's say, see pretty pictures. 
but now this gets completely cluttered with advertising and you have not, not really anything to do about that. So that's a bit what we try to solve, like pull all that uh, content away, all that commercial content away from your own platforms and put that on mm. the Yeah, the, the current business model just doesn't, just doesn't work. It's broken at the moment. When you think of, you know, face, I haven't used Facebook in ages. Um, I'm not hating on Facebook. Well, I kind of am a little bit, um, but <laughs> like you have the, the platform, you have the consumers, the content consumers, and then you have the content creators. You have this like kind of triangle um, and it's, you know, it seems to be just optimizing for the, the, um, the platform part of things. Uh, and ignoring the consumer and or ignoring the creator. And, you know, obviously that isn't a sustainable approach because they all need to kind of be work in harmony for it to be sustainable. So, yeah, I think you, you guys have, have nailed a problem that needs to be fixed and a, a highly profitable one as well. What number did you say? 900 billion. Uh, so now we're, I think we're around 230 billion, but in 2025, we'll go to 900 billion. Yeah, schedule for that, yeah. And just imagine, just imagine that half of that budget goes to people actually watching the content. That it seems pretty logical that that would happen, but that doesn't happen today. Yeah, well, there's um, yeah, that's that kind of flips the model on its head. It's it's almost like I'm getting paid to participate in this. <laughs> it's uh, it's crazy, but like in theory, there can be a model that exists where that happens. Uh, which is the, the exciting part. Um, closing question. Speaking about all these uh, exciting things in the future, what excites you the most about the future of Cardano and maybe just blockchain in general? But I think I think uh, I, so. Cardano itself is a super ambitious project. Uh, I love listening to to Charles talk about the future and how they're going to get there. Uh, his ambition to become a Fortune 500 company, which I believe that they can actually do. Um, so uh, like if you look at the work they're doing in Africa now, in Ethiopia with the government, uh, it's all super exciting and it's just beginning. So I really believe in Cardano's technology, which is uh, very promising and also in their ambition. Um, and, um, and then of course in the community around it. So we as builders on Cardano, we can follow that journey. Um, so I'm uh, looking forward to remaining part of that. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please feel free to subscribe. Uh, And also, if you like our content, then make sure to check us out on social media with the handle Cardano Source. Thanks again, and I'll see you in the next episode.